two goals from headers in one game in this economy, apparently, and we'll talk about it this week on the Owls Americas, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. I am drinking local from Bewilder Brewing Company in Salt Lake City, Utah. Their uh, brewery and tap room is right downtown. This is the Bronze Burrow. It is a sour ale with ginger and lime, obviously, modeled on a Moscow mule. Uh, it's 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 that it's as advertised. My one complaint, such as it is, it's quite tasty. Is that it doesn't really taste like beer to me. Like it doesn't like sours can go in a number of different directions in this regard. It just tastes like I'm drinking 16 ounces of Moscow Mule with like a light hoppy undertone, only five IBUs. And because it is in cans and not on draft, it is a uh, substantial for this neck of the woods, 6% ABV. Always bringing substantial takes and substantial brews. Sorry, New England Owl, Justin DeSorger. Justin, what are you drinking? Hey, Jeff. Uh, my wife uh, was out the other day at a local market and was excited to tell me that she picked up some beer that she knew I liked and grabbed me a uh, four pack of the Mast Landing uh, Gunner's Daughter Milk Stout, which uh, we're not quite in that season if if you're into that type of thing. But uh, I can drink I can drink that stuff uh, year round. So I'm, I'm enjoying a uh, uh, pint of that. Out in Cascadia, it's our Cascadia Owl, Mike Laroon. Mike, what are you drinking? Uh, I do not have a substantial brew tonight. I actually have a red wine that we had with dinner. I actually started, it's about 6 p.m. out here, so I started grilling about an hour ago, and um, we opened a red wine. It's a Merlot, clearly, and I don't even know what it is, but we're going to call it the house wine. The house wine. The house red. There we go. The house agenda. We will review the Morricone game, cover the Wednesday news, preview top of the table, Ipswich's trip to Hillsborough, and yeah, another Pizza Cup game too. But we will start with a 3-0 win at Morricone. My word, in a word, only one word this week is Voltaire, which Mike was a little confused about when I looked at the doc, but I am referencing the famous Voltaire quote, the best is the enemy of the good. I've been saying, I don't know why I picked Morricum. I got a little stick for it last week. But Morricum at midweek, and look, they played exactly the kind of game that has given Wednesday fits in League One over the last year plus. What was the game they played against us last year, one year yes. ago, and beat us one nothing on an own goal? Right. And I I needed to see them do this. I did not enjoy watching them do this, to be clear. <laughs> this was not a pleasant game of football to watch. But the thing that I noticed, and this goes in with uh, Justin's word, which is patience, is that they never, they always, like, look, they lacked any kind of cutting edge, especially for the first, I'd say, hour or so. I think once the substitutions came on and they were able to sort of maneuver the shape around a little bit, Palmer started making more deep runs. Fizz was a little stronger on the ball than Mighton. I mean, he's always gonna be a little stronger on the ball than Mighton. Um, <laughs> I don't know if anybody else had the the Morricom broadcast for this. I was going between my laptop and my or my desktop and my phone. And my desktop had the BBC Radio Sheffield. My phone, for some reason, had the Morricom commentary. And they were they kept 
mentioning all these great tackles Lewis Gibson was putting in on Mighton, and he was just clearly fouling him every single time <laughs> and not getting calls. But uh, Ben's obviously a little stronger. Weirdly enough, allowed Bannon to play a little deeper, uh, which was actually, I think, an advantage for their setup. And, you know, from there on, they just kind of, even before the the corner kick goal, were kind of like imposing their will on the game, and you could kind of feel it coming. And then after that, you know, it was one of those games where if they got if they got one, they were going to get three, and they did. And it's easy to say now because a lot of those games they get one and it ends one one. But this was I never want to watch the tape of this again. But this was exactly what I needed to see from this team on this night. Yeah, I I disagree. I actually enjoyed the game, other than you know that feeling that all of us listening to this share that sick feeling in the pit of your stomach that it's not going to work out because we really controlled play uh for most of the game um you know even when we we didn't look great and, and i'm now convinced that lee gregory and michael smith cannot play together up front um i think one of the two of them needs somebody else to play off of um i just don't i think they try to do the same thing too much i think that was part of our problem up front um, you know, uh, so, it, you know, it wasn't the final finish, as you said, Jeff was not good, but and we really just controlled that whole game. We had the ball. We, we were giving it shots. Um, I kind of enjoyed of them, that to be clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To there too, I believe. Um, and, and I, you know, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it, but yeah, had, had they not scored or had that gone on a little bit longer, it's a pretty horrible and familiar result. So it was very nice that they were able to, to pull through in the end. The thing for me specifically was these kind of games. Yeah. It was very boring in a way. It was very trying to pass around with 10, sometimes 11 players behind the ball. Yes. Trying to work it in and then immediately getting closed down and having to come back to the, you know, the holding midfielder and buyers or the back line and recycle possession and then try to get out to the wings and then Bannon would run around a bit and it wasn't enjoyable, but they were always in control of this game. Sometimes games like this, especially last year, they would get a little, a little loose and maybe more vulnerable on the break. And look, Morecambe had two pretty good scoring chances. They had the one uh, early in the first like 15 minutes or so, and they had a stooping free header later at the towards the end of the first half. But outside of that, they did not offer much going forward. I thought they played well. Their keeper had a great game. He was fabulous. And they just, they were clearly trying to hold on for nil-nil or try to sneak it on a corner kick late in the game on the counter. And Wednesday really never gave them the opportunity to do that. Um, Again, you would have liked to see them score a little bit earlier, show a little more cutting edge, but you know, two corner kick goals, a really nice finish from Smith. Like I, I thought Smith actually had a great game all in all. Yes. Get the kind of service, but we, I don't think we've seen the best of him. I'm hoping that the the goal at, at midweek will maybe get him to go on a little bit of a run here, but he is just at this level, completely unmanageable for league one defenders. He's so big and like gangly like he's awkward to deal with but he's also very good with the ball at his feet he's quick for his size i mean he's not a burner but he's quick for his size his hold-up play i thought was excellent 
you know, this was another game where Morikama was just going out there, leaning on the strikers. Remember, the ball came forward, shirt pulling, whatever they had to do, especially with Mighton. But you know, I I do wonder how this is how this is going to play out with the with the striker formation. Maybe we'll just keep playing a four-two-two-two, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was my highlight of me was um, noting that the um, whoever has to come up with the diagrams for the uh, various online services had very different ones. It's probably based on their technology because they didn't. BBC literally went for the four two 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 lineup, which looked goofy, and then um, I think the ESPN one was rather squashed. But um, Jeff, I do have receipts. You did send out the message on the WhatsApp group. Um, I hate these games. Mm. Um, two minutes before um, Reese James and Mighton were, were swapped off. So um, that would have been for uh, thought, Marvin. Johnson and yeah. um, I thought James had, a, I thought James had a good game. I didn't have a problem with those yeah. substitutions. Johnson actually looked really good. Um, this is the kind of game he does well in because he gets time and space on the ball to just ping his little crosses in. Yeah. And he's not going to be asked to do much much tracking back. I thought he had some nice, I mean, obviously the one to set up the the third goal, but I thought he put some nice, uh, some nice balls in as well. Also, I'm a little disappointed if Fizz didn't get a, get a goal for that absolute pile driver. He had another one where it did not look like, I don't know how any time he does not bring his it. feet. Yeah. Like he doesn't pull back on it. He doesn't need space. It just all of a sudden he's running kind of again, like he's, he's running along the outside of the, outside of the box just sort of not just sort of you know making his little moves along trying to create space and all of a sudden just ping and it was yeah, just, it was that. kind of like spin in but yeah i don't again it, there's not much to say about this game it was a good win Morecambe are very bad they played the kind of game a, a badly one team is going to play against Wednesday on the road and they did enough to get through it i will say what do we think of Bannon's game overall? Because obviously, he—I've seen the stats had an insane amount of touches and, and passes completed. Um, I, I, I'm on, I'm of two minds here, where it's like he wasn't really creating the end product, and he got a little, a little frust. I don't know if he was got a little frustrated. He tried to maybe create chances. He tried to create shooting chances, probably more than he should have at times. But I also think he was kind of like a necessary engine for sort of just wearing that defense down. So I, I believe I could be wrong. I believe who scored gave him a, a perfect rating. And I that, that, that thought that was probably a little much, but my, my key, you mentioned earlier, Jeff, my word was patience mm-hmm. when uh, they almost scored in the 12th minute. They probably should have uh, therefore Phillips fell down, which caused the defender to leave him and then Stockton put a beautiful ball through mm-hmm. that. Frankly, he should have finished. That was in the 12th minute. For about three to five minutes after that, we were a mess. And it was falling back into, and I'm thinking specifically of Barry Bannon, although it was the whole team. We were falling back into the things we saw two years ago that were really bad, where Bannon was sitting back right in front of the back line, but the forward line was still way up. The midfield was stretched, and Bannon tried two within the space of a couple minutes just you know, 60 yard passes that went nowhere and got broken up. And it really kind of felt like we were a little bit panicked and going to break away from our game plan. And things shortly after that settled down a little bit. And I thought the rest of the game, one of those two shots you mentioned earlier aside, 
Bannon was outstanding and he was doing what he needs to do with the ball, which is getting it in their half, if not the final third, and making incisive, direct passes, uh, short passes on the ground, into space, finding people. When he got the ball in our half, he was calm. He collected it. He kicked it out wide. He made himself available. He just slowed everything down, got the group to be a little more compact. And from there, uh, we were great. My my highlight of the game was the uh, Windass's goal was off of the corner, the great run from the far post where uh, he ended up in the same spot that Byers did, the exact same spot, which is funny because Byers came from a different location, but that was they saw something was there. But leading up to that, Baz had the ball, and Byers is a little bit off to the side on the wing, screaming at him <laughs> to give him the ball. Uh, they're even hyped. And Bannon looks at him and threads a through ball down to the touchline yeah. that Byers suddenly realized, oh, my God, I have to go get that. <laughs> Ran down, got it. That drew the corner. But that was the Barry Bannon that we needed to play. And he did that all game long. He was, you know, he had the ball. He controlled that game. And he did it the right way instead of falling back into those bad habits of home run balls from 70 yards, which – had he continued to play that way, I don't think we would have won that game. I mean, there's no way to do that when they have 10 guys behind the ball. So, <laughs> we've, we, we've done that. Jeff, Jeff, I too had the Morecrum uh, broadcast on my phone at the beginning. <laughs> and if Barry Bannon ever needs to feel good about himself, oh, just yeah, listen to yes. talk about the greatest footballer to ever <laughs> grace this arena, mm. um, Barry Bannon. So um, they, they were quite flattering. Well, and the, but they were flattering him during that stretch where he really wasn't playing that well. That sort of five, eight minutes of you know falling back on bad habits. So, uh, but I, I did. I thought he was uh, after that. I, I thought that he was really he was outstanding. Um, he was he was kind of our key. Mike, your word is Newtonian. Well, Ooh. I had to up your Voltaire. Yeah, I wasn't sure where you're going with that. I, you brought in literature. I brought in science. No, um, it was something that we haven't seen for a while. And normally when we, when Wednesday plays these um, teams that want to park the bus, we have the opening barrage for a few minutes at the first. But it was nice to see that second half barrage. Um, it went on for a good 15 minutes where you just, and it felt, it was still nil-nil, but you knew a goal was going to come. Um, and it felt like we, the game was in hand. And it was just nice to see a late barrage. I probably attribute that more than anything else to uh, five substitutions. Um, that's yeah. I, and the fact that we have more depth and more quality at depth than anyone else in the league right now. So um, I, I hope to see a lot more of these, um, just the, the avalanche coming, you know, after 75 minutes. So are we going with objects in motion tend to stay in motion then? Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. You, you caught that. Very hmm. good. Well, it was the, the substitutions were good too. As Jeff pointed out, this is a great game for Marvin Johnson. Yeah. Even though they're playing back, um, you know, he's got room to run, especially to the outside. His only job is to curl it in. So he was creating space on that side. And and we really were crying for somebody to kind of hold that ball and, and run with it a little bit. And Fizz provided that uh, to sort of, you know, really start digging into their into their set defense you know we were making those small interior passes that weren't quite working but we're getting closer and closer 
Um, and then obviously once we drew the, uh, once we drew the corner kick, um, you know, that, that, that was that. It was uh funny, I, I don't know if it was the first, his first touch of the ball. It was pretty shortly after they just did the, I think it was even Bannon just kind of ran it into fizz a little bit further up with his back to goal and the defender did the full like shirt pulling trying to get off the ball and it's like oh that's not gonna work with him (laughs) (laughs) like nope he's just gonna yeah so he was nice to see him get time yeah uh, this is the kind of game you'd want him to start but also i understand they're gonna ease him back into the squad so that's fine and at that point you know 65 minutes into the game bringing him on is a is a tough assignment for what was probably a tired midfield at that point well, and as Mike pointed out, right, this is, this is, and you know, I think we've talked about it over the course this year so far, this is going to be our big strength. Obviously we've got a lot of talent, yeah. but it's the depth of talent. We can bring guys like that off the bench. And this is, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll see how things look going forward. Lord knows we'll get some injuries at some point, but I really think one of Smith or Gregory starts on the bench and provides you know, a, a lot of momentum when they come on at the, you know, 60 to 70th minute doing roughly the same thing the other one does. I think that the other thing that was key with the substitutions that moved Palmer over to the over to the left side and he was making runs, it was creating that space for Marvin Johnson as well. I mean, he was making basically like left wing back runs and like Johnson was almost playing further up as like a... A winger. A yeah. winger, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm still unclear. I'm sure they went to three at the back to see it out, but I think it was just a four, four, two diamond with Bannon. Tucking uh, they, in. I mean, Bannon uh, on the left. It was, it was three in. over the course of the game, but it was yeah. the movement. So James, it was James with uh, McGinnis in the middle and Higway on the right, but it, it ended up being, you know, it was, it was a strange look because Mike was so far outside on the right side. Yeah. Um, you know, it just and James was was pushed up at times. But say we need to see the positional it was, heat. It was, maps, it was, but it's just going to be a, a ten Wednesday players in the Morecambe half. So yeah, it was a three five two. Oh hell, fucking Stockdale was almost in the Morecambe half. <laughs> that that was literally that was the most advanced I've ever seen a Wednesday keeper over the course of a game. He was seventy yards upfield the whole game. It, it was ridiculous. That. Sees the Morricum game out. Hopefully, won't which is good. Again. Hopefully, won't see you again next year. But yes, for now, we'll take a break. Come back, cover the Wednesday news, and preview the upcoming fixtures. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. As mentioned last week, Liam Palmer was up for EFL Player of the Month. Liam Palmer has won EFL Player of the Month. I mean, richly deserved. He had a great month. He was great on, uh, especially after the substitution last half hour when he had a little bit more freedom in the Morecambe game. Hope to see more of these kind of performances in the future. I did enjoy the, uh, oh, he made one run towards the end and all the fans were shouting shoot at him <laughs> now that he's got a taste for the, uh, for the goal scoring. Although it does remind me, I wanted to bring this up in the, match review and i forgot the one thing that kind of annoyed me about this game and i'm not gonna dwell on the you know the wednesday fan base per se i, I you don't need to boo liam shaw like i don't it doesn't really matter but you don't like he went to celtic 
we talked about this last week. You know, he went to Celtic. Okay. You know, he is a came up through the youth system. He went to a bigger club. He got loaned back out to a smaller club. There wasn't like Hurstian machinations here or anything that you can you can get annoyed about. They kind of flubbed as they have done with several youth players, kind of flubbed the contract situation. It's you know the way it goes. You don't have about, to. Yeah. What about the photo that turned up during the game? That's been recirculated over and over again of him getting pointed with at Smith. Yeah, hmm. I, I'm sure that's out of context because I'm sure hmm. that he's not literally right there. <laughs> but it's yeah, people kind of dogpiled on that situation pretty poorly. We have some fixture news. The postponed Plymouth games are scheduled for Tuesday, October fourth. And the EFL Cup game, or League Cup game, I should say, against the Saints will be under the lights in Southampton on Wednesday, November 9th. That's a fun midweek drive for the Wednesday fans. I'm sure they'll still sell out the allotment all go because that's what we do. And buy up extra tickets. Yeah. Yeah, this was yet another game where you just realize how incredible our fan base is to that Markham yeah. game. Like, just completely owned that. Aside from, you know, one that early five-minute stretch where their fans were were up and singing. Just completely dominated uh, yet another uh, away uh, away park. It's just, it's so impressive the work that the, the traveling fans put in. It doesn't matter what the stadium is we sell out the entire allotment and then some um you know aside from taunting liam shaw it's it's mostly uh you know good fun and uh, a lot of noise and a lot of support um you know it's the time like when things are going well it must be a really fun club to play for with, with that <laughs> level of support not you know? that uh we'd know anything about that but <laughs> whatever dude we're in like fourth place or something yeah, things are going well and this going is well. yeah by uh it's league one so, I get yeah, it. yeah you you fucking heard me patty you heard me <laughs> <laughs> but no they things are good like that that must have been a fun day out right? yeah i'm sure it was and, and we do we do that every week it's very impressive a little bit of uh i guess not transfer news per se but player movement news ryan galvin heads to maidstone on a two months i assume this is like an emergency loan to get around the transfer window stuff and then they'll revisit it in January, and it's good to we see him immediately getting, started. Right? Yeah, it's good to see him getting game time and keeping an eye on him for the future. But in the near term, top of the table of Switchtown comes to Hillsborough this weekend. Take it away, Justin. Yeah, very cool. Uh, should be a good match to see where we are, right? Ipswich, six wins, two draws, no losses. Uh, Plus 12 goal difference, 16-4, four, four against. Undefeated on the road, eight goals, four, one against. Um, good team. Uh, last year, we uh, drew at Portman Road. We beat them at home. Uh, quick reminder, they're Ipswich Town. They're the Tractor Boys. Uh, very old, um, 1878, although didn't turn professional and joined the league until the 30s. They still have the my favorite name for any derby in uh, england the old farm derby <laughs> with uh, norwich which uh is enjoyable and they, they get a little bit of history there uh, we talked about last year uh, alf ramsey uh promoted them uh from the second division and it was the first time that 
they'd ever been up and they immediately won uh, the first division. They played in the European Cup back then. Um, and in the late 70s under Bobby Robson, they won the FA Cup and actually won the uh, Europa League, which was the UEFA Cup back then. Um, so, you know, a fairly big squad overall. Uh, their manager is a, a guy named Kieran McKenna, who took over for Paul Cook last year and finished the season fairly strong. McKenna was an academy coach at United, and he had uh, at Manchester United, that is. And he had, uh, you know, some experience under Mourinho and, and Ole. Um, he plays a 3-4-3 with a, you know, a single 10 and two players up front. Likes possession, move the ball around. Um, the one thing about McKenna is that his reputation is as a real student of the game. Uh, loves breaking down film, loves, uh, you know, holding press conferences, doing things, really explaining the game and is well known for finding opponents' weaknesses, which... Um, mm -hmm. as unfortunately all of us know, we have some pretty obvious ball, balls down the channel on the right side. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, I, we all have to assume that's how we're going to attack. So I'd actually be kind of surprised if we see, uh, Marvin Johnson starting, even though we're at home, um, a couple names that people will recognize for them. Freddie Latipo, who had been at Rotherham is, uh, up front for them along with, uh, uh, Marcus Harness, who was at Portsmouth the last few years, um, he's helping out. Uh, they got a couple pretty solid midfielders and Sam Morsey and Lee Evans, who are kind of the engine that runs the team. And uh, they have a cornerback, or uh, I'm sorry, a centerback who I really liked last year, uh, Janoy Donisian, I believe it's pronounced. Uh, it was very impressive with him last year, uh, kind of looking out for him too. And the other two interesting names that you guys should both know, they are currently the rights holders to Arsenal loanee Tyrese John Jules. Mm, uh, he really has not played much. And then the other name that jumped off the page of me was Sone Aluko, who I didn't even know he was still playing. Um, and he hasn't played much for them, but that's a guy who has been around the uh has been around the football league for quite some time. I'm I'm excited. It's it's top top of the league. You know they're gonna come out and try to play football. Uh, I, I think it could be – do League One games get much sort of bigger, better than this? I know it's early season, but – I think it's an important test, right? You want to see once they come out and win this game, right? If you have – you're at yes. home. You beat – again, a, re, a remodeled team with a manager that now probably has his legs under him there and a better sense of what he's dealing with and a, a well-regarded manager at that. But if you Just have look, if, if you have if automatic promotion, these are the games you got to win. I'm saying just looking at their results, doesn't look like they've really had a signature win yet this year. So they're probably looking forward to this game as much as we are. That four goals conceded in eight is pretty good defensive record. So I'm curious to see how they. Uh... Do you, Mike? You want to read through their opponents real quick? I just kind of curious. Sure. I didn't notice that when I was looking at them. Green Rovers. Uh, they beat uh, Fourth Green Rovers. Uh, Milton Keynes. Burton, Shrews. Those are like four of the bottom <laughs> six in the league. So that's a great, Mike, that's a great, uh, great call on your part. Great and Stanley. <laughs> yeah, so this, Mike, you're, you're right. This is a really big game for them, too. It's, again, this should be this should be a lot of fun. Um, I hope people get a chance to uh, tune into it. Speaking of uh, 
we'll go to we'll go in the other direction in terms of defensive records. As Burton Albion come to Hillsborough for the Pizza Cup at midweek. Jesus, yeah. Reminder that I don't give a shit about the Pizza Cup this yes. year, but woof. Burton Albion. You, you got your Burton uh, Albion research out of the way, so you got that going for you. Yeah, I, I, if things don't get better for them, I assume I can just repeat this. They're, they're the opposite. They are winless. They have one draw, seven losses, eight goals for twenty-two against. Which, oof, yeah, minus fourteen goal difference uh, at this point in the season is not pretty. Uh, the scary thing is that they're uh, uh, one draw and three losses on the road, and only a minus five, which means they're zero and four with a minus nine at home. So yeah, I can do math. Eventually, they've, uh, we'll they've scored them. eight goals all season. They've scored eight goals on the road, so they have not scored oh. at home yet this year. <laughs> Brutal, just brutal. Um, last year we swept them. We we beat them at their house and then really thumped them in Hillsboro. Um, we we talked about them last year. Uh, Burton on Trent. It's in Staffordshire. It's southwest of of Yorkshire. Um, typical market town, but as we talked about, known for their breweries and their abbey. And I believe the two of those went mm-hmm. together to do it. And there were some famous middle medieval battles uh, back there. Pretty new club formed in the 50s and uh, didn't join the EFL until 2009. Uh, and their most famous moment was probably the 1819. They made it to the League Cup semifinals, hosted uh, Man City and gave up a nine spot in the first mm-hmm. leg. So uh, so their manager was Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank uh, until a week ago because they're awful <laughs> and he's doing nothing. That was his second spell at the club. Uh, he was canned September 5th. Um, their new manager is a guy named Dino Mamria. He's a Tunisian who, Jeff, I, I, I already pulled I know it you up. enjoy doing this. His, uh, yeah, his, his, his playing career Wikipedia is quite well. He's managed around the non-league and lower league, and the managerial one is probably worth it. The, o- the only other thing that I know about him is Jimmy Floyd played a very reactive 4-2-3-1, sort of the Mourinho defensive uh, response and the only game that uh, Mamria has coached uh, lost to Portsmouth. They came out in a very clear four three three. So he's already trying to make some tactical changes. It didn't work, but I would expect that's it. But Jeff, if you wouldn't mind uh, just taking a quick gander at his uh, Wikipedia yes, page for so everybody. <laughs> he started at AS Masra, which I assume is a is a Tunisian club. It is gone, gone to CO Transports, which is also a Tunisian club. And then headed to uh, Burnley, which is not a Tunisian club. Uh, bounced around from there. Uh, Glentoran in Northern Ireland. Doncaster, Southport. Lee RMI, formerly known as Horwich Railway Mechanics Institute FC. And the Lee Railway Mechanics Institute FC, which is a uh, currently in the Manchester Football League Division 2. So that's an interesting. Uh, this is his best goal scoring record, by the way. He's a striker, 24 goals and 54 appearances. What are and we thinking that is like eighth tier, 12th tier? I don't even know. <laughs> Crazy. Um, he then went to Stevenage Borough, which I believe is in League Two now, but was I'm guessing not in League Two at the time. And shout out to Tommy. Yeah, he had a spell at Charleston Battery in between two uh, spells at <laughs> Stevenage Borough, went to Southport, the always uh, impressively named non. Uh, league club Rushton and Diamonds back to Southport on loan, Northwich Victoria, and he finished things back up at Stevenage. 
He was at Stevenage for the last three years of his career and made one appearance. What yeah. was he doing? Um, <laughs> nice work if you can get it. I don't know anything about the Stevenage area, but uh, he is also, well, he was player manager at Northwich Victoria, we should note. before going. And what, is that an Australian club? What is that? Uh, it is an English football club based in Northwest wow. Cheshire, playing their home games in Wincham Park, the home of Witten Albion. They currently, the club currently participates in the Northwest Counties League Premier Division, which is the ninth tier. And do you see their nickname, Jeff? They're the Trickies. The Trickies. That is excellent. Yeah. Uh, after that, he managed Southport and Eaton Town, Stevenage, Oldham, most recently, before taking the job at Burton. Like I don't care about the Pizza Cup. They should probably win this game because I don't. I'm gonna watch it, and I get annoyed when they don't yes. play well. So we should also probably make eleven changes. Yeah, you can do that. They should still win the game. Yes, I don't. I don't care how many changes they make, but yes, they probably should uh, rest some regular starters. Um, yeah, I mean, Burton Albion's not good. The, the only players worth even mentioning, uh, they have a striker named Gasan Adame who uh, had played. Uh, alone up top for Hasselbank did not get into the game uh, under the new manager. Um, he has three of their goals. David Keeler Dunn uh, was the number 10 under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and uh, switched to the left side of the front of the 4-3-3. He has three goals. It's only two other goals to find. One of them is uh, Victor Adeboyejo. Um, he was the nine in the new 4-3-3, so I expect we'll see him. And then the other great name of note was 31-year-old Sam Winnell, who uh, played 21 minutes off the bench for his first appearance this season. So uh, Dino uh, Mamria could indeed be looking to use Sam Winnell, who I wasn't on the preseason pod, but uh, Jeff was one of the questions, which former Wednesday player is going to score the game winner? Because we're set up for that. (laughs) Sam Winnell in the Pizza Cup? Yeah, that feels about right. Didn't Winnell do it to us last year? I don't know. No, Jordan Rhodes almost scored the winner in the uh, League Cup. I believe Winnell did score a goal against them. Yeah, because I think James predicted that, I believe. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, we have to give James some points for that. I don't remember if I asked that this year or not. I've not gone back to the file to check. I'll probably do that in like April. I don't care one bit about the Pete's Cup. I'm actually kind of, I, I kind of want out. So <laughs> 11, uh, that's actually their only win this year is in the Pizza Cup. They beat uh, Leicester's under-21 team, despite being down to 10 men. Um, <laughs> that's their only win this year. So there's really no excuse for not putting out 11 backups and still I don't know, The them. top two teams get out of the division, out of the Correct. out of the group stage, right? So yeah, they probably play the next two games. They I mean, will, and again, yeah, who cares? Yeah, anyway, I don't. I do care about that Ipswich game, though. I'm I'm excited about it. I, you know, I it, you you want to say we're confident, and I, and I am. And Hillsborough's been, you know, largely been a fortress um, for quite some time. But I'd be really interested to see what more comes up with um, for a lineup for that game. What what he thinks, or what Jamie Smith thinks, will will work against uh, what Ipswich is doing. You've been listening to episode 188 of the Owls Americas. You can find us on the internet, owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. 
Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesday Ice Forever to the Makers. Podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show, just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls of Americast, we ask that you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesday to find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owls. Justin, since you are excited for the Ipswich game, give us an official prediction. Uh, uh, we'll go one nil to the Wednesday. Why not? Let's be positive. Let's feel good about this team. Mike is on Twitter at Cascadia Owls. Mike, give us an official prediction for the Ipswich game. Uh, I'm going to go actually 3-1 uh, to Wednesday. Ooh. Damn. I like a couple it. Couple late goals. Interesting. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. And whatever. I'll I'll keep the good vibes going. 2 1 Wednesday, 89th minute winner, header from George Byers. He can do that. 